Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with The Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. And along those lines, I'm really excited and enthused to have on this show my guest today. So my guest is David Katz. David is the CEO at Sparrow Pharmaceuticals. They're doing some super cool stuff. Uh, I, I, I've met with David a few times already. I'm really enthused and excited about what he's working on, but most importantly, his background and his passion for health. So I won't uh, steal his thunder, but uh, David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Anthony. It's a, it's a pleasure to be, have the chance to talk to you on the show. So, uh, so yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, same here. And thank you for carving out time to to spend with us and to share your story and your passions and health and what you're doing. And along those lines, maybe you can teleport us back or take us back and tell us a little bit about your background, you know, where it all started and, and how you started to, to get down this path of focusing, you know, and devoting a, a large portion of your time and your life towards towards health. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I've really had kind of an accidental career. Um, I always wanted to be a scientist um, and actually started out when I was a small child thinking I wanted to be an astrophysicist and over a series of steps um, got more and more interested in wanting to do something that's relevant uh, for human health. And so actually uh, midstream of my uh, PhD program, I, um, I changed gears and uh, moved from uh, work that was more biophysics in nature uh, into uh, looking at um, initially the life cycle of Epstein-Barr virus um, and have just gotten more and more uh, attracted to particularly clinical medicine. And while I was at, uh, at Abbott, I uh, had the opportunity to move, to progress my career from basic science into uh, the leadership of, of clinical trials um, of experimental medications. Uh, so I was kind of like uh, Timothy Leary in the sense that I was uh, responsible for giving people uh, mind-altering drugs and seeing what happens. Uh, in my case, though, it was drugs that were meant to cure things like depression and Alzheimer's disease as opposed to uh, take them on a trip. But uh, conceptually, it's it's the same uh, sort of uh, investigation. Um, and one morning, uh, I woke up and realized that I had been at Abbott for almost 18 years and had just turned 50. And so I was eligible uh, to retire and not, you know, be in the corporate grind anymore and do mm -hmm. something more entrepreneurial. And so before I even got out of bed, uh, decided that I was going to retire and start uh, a company uh, to uh, develop drugs that would really have a, a major impact on on human health. And um, and so um, a few months later, after I was able to clean everything up at Abbott uh, that I that was on my plate, uh, I left. I took six months just to recharge. So I didn't do anything professional uh, during that time, uh, and then started Sparrow and. Um, 
So that's kind of how I got to this stage of, of my life. And maybe do you want to talk some about Sparrow now? Yeah, would, would love that. Well, a couple of things. I really appreciate your background. And I know I've heard you speak about Sparrow a few times now. And, and this is really refreshing and enjoyable to kind of hear your background and kind of story uh, from a passion, from a skill set, from a training, and just from a, like an evolution of your career standpoint. So it's, you know, it's really exciting to hear you know, where you've gotten to this point. And yeah, you know, we'd love to hear about Sparrow, you know, maybe hearing about the problem that you solve, um, you know, the market opportunity. And yeah, just love to hear, hear more about what you're working on. Sure. So um, about 2 million patients in the U.S. and of course, millions more worldwide uh, rely on drugs called steroids, drugs like prednisone uh, to control autoimmune diseases, blood cancers, and transplanted organ rejection. And they, the steroids are really amazingly effective drugs. Uh, they've been part of the medical pharmacopoeia for 70 years now. Um, but they also are associated with 10% of all drug side effects. And those side effects include some pretty serious things like new onset diabetes, fractures, glaucoma and the like. And so these patients who need the drug to control their disease have to choose between disease control and the burden of all of these side effects. And mm. the result has been that patients and physicians love steroids and hate steroids. And mm. so the way steroids have been used for 70 years is well, let's give the minimum amount that we can uh, can give to um, control to have some disease control, but but not uh, have, but then try to minimize the side effects. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as well, uh, there's been uh, for the last seventy years the desire to replace the steroids, mm -hmm. uh, and that has uh, resulted in. Uh, drug companies spending billions of dollars and decades to develop drugs like Humira and Jacophee, which are also good drugs, but they're amazingly expensive. And mm -hmm. they are the single largest cost for uh, insurers in the, in the drug space. So every insured person in the United States this year will pay somewhere around $150 for uh, that class of drugs, the targeted immune modulators, whether mm -hmm. or not they use them, uh, just because there's, the expense is so high and the year-over-year the year inflation is well in the double digits. Um, so our goal is to uh, develop a product that has safety and efficacy similar to the targeted immune modulators uh, is convenient and also cost effective. And mm -hmm. so we anticipate that we would uh, be selling this at probably a 10th or less of the cost of, of the targeted uh, immune modulators. And what enables us to do this is really uh, the confluence of three historical streams. So, what we've learned mainly since 2014 
is that many of the side effects of steroids arise because of how those drugs are metabolized in our bodies. Mm. And the particular metabolic pathway uh, that is at fault, as it were, uh, doesn't seem to be particularly important for the efficacy of, of the steroid medications. And so were one able to block that pathway um, in, in, and have a, a new drug that blocks that pathway, use that in combination with a steroid, the new drug would block the side effects of the steroid. The steroid would provide the efficacy to control the disease. And so you'd have a combination that is really substantially better um, than the steroid alone. Mm. The second stream of that is that the key enzyme in that pathway was one of the most popular drug targets about a decade ago uh, in big pharma. And so there are a number of high quality uh, molecules that um, selectively and potently block this enzyme. And they've all been uh, discontinued, not because they weren't safe, not and actually not even because they weren't effective for the indications for which they were being developed. So um, these drugs, for example, are an effective anti-diabetic medications and they're effective weight loss medications. The limitation and the reason that they were um, that they were discontinued is that they were not good enough to meet commercial profiles. So, for example, these drugs as an anti-diabetic medication are about as good as metformin. Mm. But metformin and sulfonylureas and five other classes of drugs that either are or are about to be generic are already that good or better. Mm. And so there's no, there was no need for an eighth class of drug of non-insulin anti-diabetic medication that, you know, that does the same thing. It just wouldn't be commercially viable. Mm. Similarly, in diabetic and hypertensive patients, these drugs were associated with a one to two kilogram weight loss over 12 weeks. And that's a glorious side effect for a diabetic or hypertensive patient, but it doesn't make a weight loss medication. Mm. And so all of these were shelved. Um, and the, the third stream was that actually my business partner, Jeff Drajesk and I uh, were in the leadership of uh, clinical trials for uh, one of these drugs at Abbott, where it was actually being developed for uh, treatment of uh, dementia of Alzheimer's type, which is a nut, which is a disease in which it didn't work uh, mm. at all. Um, and so we have very deep knowledge of uh, the drug class and uh, the pharmacology of the systems that it affects. Uh, and so we went out and shopped for the best of these molecules and uh, achieved an exclusive global license for uh, one of the best molecules from Astellas Pharma. Uh, and so that is what we're developing now as uh, in combination with steroids to create safer uh, steroids.
I love it. I love it. Now, well, a couple of things. Obviously, what you're doing is super profound and super exciting that, you know, breaking out, you know, of the corporate world with your own idea and thought and process, you know, you're bringing such a net new innovation to this this market that really hasn't changed in a while. And so I don't know in, in intricate detail um, about steroids administration, but the way that you break down the physics of it, you know, I, I, it does feel like this has been a stagnant industry needing disruption for a while, especially from an ailment and side effects standpoint. And so it's exciting to see what you're doing. I'm kind of two follow-up questions to that is I'm curious, like how big is, is the usage in market? I mean, I, what's the frequency of steroids being in use, you know, from a global standpoint? And I guess, you know, ideally in your best sense that Sparrow can, this, this pharmaceutical could, this, what you're doing could be distributed. How many people could this impact? How big could this get? Uh, and then, so Follow-up question to that is how big can this get? How big is the is the problem quantified? And then number two is the physics of what you laid out from what you're doing feels like it could apply to other areas. Um, I'm not a scientist like you, so I don't know. But yeah, just curious if you're able to share some other areas where this could apply or some areas you're thinking about. If you're willing to share, obviously don't want to give give away all your secrets, right? So yeah, so yeah, so as as I mentioned. Um, at the beginning, uh, in the U.S., about 2 million patients rely on long-term uh, steroid use to mm. control their okay. diseases. So this, this is pretty big. Um, and there are probably, across all the ways that steroids are administered, uh, there are probably over 200 million steroid prescriptions written in the U.S. every wow. year. Wow, uh, and the the largest routes of administration are oral and inhaled. Mm -hmm. um, so the market hasn't been entirely stagnant, um, and there actually has been one way that it's been possible uh, to create safer steroids, and that's localized delivery. So uh, inhaled steroids are a really good example of that. So uh, if you use an inhaler you deliver steroid directly into the lung. The lung isn't particularly a target organ of steroid toxicity. And so you can get benefit in the lung for asthma or COPD um, by delivering it through an inhaler. Uh, and because there's lower systemic exposure to uh, the drug, there are fewer side effects than if you take uh, them orally. Now, in asthma, um, severe asthma patients still need oral steroids because oral steroids can provide even more potent disease control than do the inhaled steroids. But this is the, the local delivery of steroids has been repeated over and over again over the decades. So inhaled, intranasal, ocular, topical, um, injections into the joint so you may be you may be familiar with people who get uh cortisone shots for osteoarthritis mm -hmm. um and some of these markets are huge so at its peak the inhaled steroids market was a 12 billion dollar market um in terms of um oral there are two products that achieve local delivery to the colon where pe uh, people use the drugs to control inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease, and ulcerative colitis. 
Um, and so those products, which are called Anticort and Eucerus, are really pretty nice for Sparrow because they're safer oral corticosteroids that provide us a roadmap for regulatory and commercial success. Uh, but they can compete with us in only 5% of our market because only 5% of long-term oral corticosteroid patients use the drugs for um, for to control inflammatory bowel disease. Mm. Um, and so Entacort, which is for Crohn's disease, and that's about 2.2% of our market, um, that became a $320 million product competing against generic steroids and all the other sorts of uh, drugs that Sparrow's product, uh, with which Sparrow's products will compete. Um, and it, it gained a 64% uh, share of the U.S. Crohn's corticosteroid market priced at 20 times generic. So it's clear that patients and physicians and even payers are willing to pay a strong premium for uh, a safe steroid. And, uh, and our aim is to deliver that to the other 95% of long-term uh, steroid patients who don't have uh, inflammatory bowel disease. They have disease outside of the, the colon and so can't benefit from that particular sort of local delivery or any other sort of local delivery that's that's already available. Mm. No, I, I love it, David. And so I, I guess uh, super powerful, super impactful. And uh, it's just it's just really fascinating to see like, you know, it feels like definitely futuristic, but you, you know, you're at the forefront of disrupting this, this, uh, this market. Um, where is this going, David? So I guess where I'm love to hear is like, from a future, from a future focus standpoint, um, where do you see what you're doing, and then overall health taking shape? You know, um, leveraging some of the work that you're doing today. Like, where where do you see your innovation going? Where do you see this market going? I just love to hear about the future of health, according <laughs> to David. Yeah. So, I mean, what I what I. I, there are a couple of things I love about this. So one is that it has the it creates an opportunity to help a lot of people. Uh, but I also really love that it's a way to use innovation to reduce healthcare costs overall. Um, and that's something you know. As as an investor, I'm always looking for those sorts of opportunities because I think it's something that. Um, that we really need to do. I mean, just our, our in the United States particularly, mm -hmm. um, but, but all over the world, um, it just costs too much to keep people healthy. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's not something that's sustainable, but yet it is critical to maintain human health. And so mm -hmm. ways that we can find to deliver that uh, in a less expensive manner. And, you know, I think, you know, sort of chronic care management is another area where that's very exciting because, mm. uh, you know, people are doing things to help patients better manage their diseases, which 
cuts down the long-term costs of managing that disease. Mm. Mm. Um, and so, you know, though, I, I think a lot of the future of healthcare uh, is just find, finding ways to uh, achieve our health goals at much lower cost. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. David, this is great. Well, so a couple things I just wanted to say. I, I definitely see that future. Um, we're, we're definitely arriving towards that future, and I definitely am just really enthused to see what you're doing in this space. Hearing about your background, the company you've started, and also just growing this company in such a unique, novel way uh, in what you're doing, and then obviously the other potential use cases and what you could you can go into. And so I just want to say I really appreciate you um, being on our show and carving out time. My very last question for you is contact uh, information or socially connecting with you or following Sparrow Pharmaceutical and what you guys are doing. What would be the best way to, to engage with you on social media or directly if some of our listeners like to hear more or reach out to you if you'd like any of that to happen? <laughs> yeah. Um, so my, my LinkedIn profile is the usual linkedin.com slash in, etc with David Katz 47 at the mm-hmm. end. Um, so, and then um, our website is uh, www.sparrowpharma.com. Awesome, awesome. Well, this has been super powerful. This has been great, uh, David. I really appreciate you, you uh, peeling off time to do this. To our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for anyone that has a strong passion or making people healthier in the world. David, we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. And uh, again, this was great. Thank you so much for making time and for sharing your story, your truth, and your passion with us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for inviting me to participate in this. I really, I really like what you're doing with the Pop Health Show. Thank you, Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate it. You've got a, you've got a fan as well. So. Yep, and uh, there, there goes Bob the dog. Awesome. Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much. This was great. And thanks to, 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 you know, for sharing everything that you're doing, just really rooting you on. So thanks so much. Okay, great. Take care, Anthony. Thank you.